Hello everybody! Welcome back to the Cargo's Podcast! Yeah! Yay! Yay! Welcome back everyone! Oh, How's everybody well doing? Today, uh, new, new week, new episode. Um, we are so glad to be back here with y'all. We have a special guest today. He's been here before, but this is his first yes, time in the new season. So let's welcome Celine Shagui. Hello, hey, hello, hello. Hi, happy to be yeah. back. I know, right? It's been a minute. It's been a minute for, it for, has. for, for real. Yeah, you, you welcome. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I feel warm being here. You oh, know, I feel I, it's always a great conversation. It's always oh. good vibes on here. Thank you, Vish. I appreciate that. Um, how you been? Tell us a little bit about you. <laughs> I've been good. I've been good. I mean, there's a lot to touch on. If, if you know, you're, you're asking from like the last time I was on the podcast, a lot has happened. <laughs> we that's, need, a, we, that's, we need, we need a whole episode. <laughs> we need a whole episode it's to a little catch summary. you up. To catch exactly. You up that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I would need a whole episode. So, um, I'm gonna just say that I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, got some things in the works. Um, been looking at some some new jobs and been looking, uh, been thinking about going back to school recently. So I don't know. We got some exciting things happening. Oh. You know, spring's coming too. So I'm. I mean, I'm I'm trying to get ready mentally for my garden. Um, because that's happening. Excited about that. That's so uh, nice. That's so cool. Then you know, otherwise, just keeping afloat. You know, staying, trying to stay healthy mentally, physically, spiritually. Absolutely. You know, you know how it goes. Yeah, that's the kind of work that we all, we all should be doing for ourselves. So I'm glad that you are prioritizing that for you. Especially excited to see how the garden turns out. You know, as spring comes, you definitely have a a little bit of a plot. So to just so you have a lot of potential there. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to visit you. You gotta invite me soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bianca, how are you? Tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about you. I'm good. I mean, from the last time that we met each other, you know, we were recording at the same in the same space. Oh, I, not, I miss you. I miss you it's too. Okay. Last week's episode, we recorded it a few weeks in advance, so it's definitely been a minute since last time I saw saw you. But that episode that we recorded together, that was the first episode we recorded in the same room, and I love the dynamic that we had. I know it's something that is. Definitely Definitely, we're looking forward to have more, especially mm-hmm. with guests in our show. Um, but I've been okay, you know, just doing my own thing. And Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, just to talk to, like, touch a little bit uh, on my end, I just came back from an amazing trip to my hometown. It was very show, didn't see that many people. But it was honestly one of the best returns that I've made to to Homeland. You know, crazy enough, because uh, every time I've gone, it's been, you know, pandemic free. And I've been able to see way more people, to do way more things. But this Mm -hmm. this type of trip really felt like the type of vacation that I needed, which was take my mind off of uh, the stress and things Mm -hmm. and actually sleep. I, I fixed... My sleeping schedule, my I feel more ready for and energized to for the things that I need to do to progress in life. So it was definitely something that I needed for myself, and I got tested, COVID free. What's up? Yes. So okay, so. You know, that aside, let's talk a little bit about today's topic. We're really excited about today 
because today we are dedicating the episode and next week's too, by the way, around the Black History Month. We are basically celebrating is Black History Month. It has been for a minute. We had already scheduled other topics for the previous week, so we couldn't get around that up until now, but we are excited because I feel that we have always prioritized the celebration of Black lives in our, in our conversations and mm -hmm. dedicating a whole episode around this is great. I love it. I'm excited for this. We're doing it today. We're doing it. I'm excited so. that we've done before in the last season. That is, uh, am I the asshole? This is a Reddit page that people constantly share stories where the outcome is can be kind of morally ambiguous depending on who is telling the story. And basically, the narrator asks is asking, "Who is the asshole in the stories? Am I the asshole? Is the person I had this interaction with the asshole?" So we try to hone it in for this episode and find some black lives related topics or black issues related topics that are very common in black, black and latinx communities uh, households and we are definitely going to talk from our points of view from our perspectives we share a lot in common as latinx people the three of us we share a lot in common with black people and we get influenced a lot by their culture we have a lot of shared culture with that being said we do know that there is also many of the aspects that we won't able to fully grasp ever but i am still excited to showcase and discuss and highlight many of these stories we also interwined we will share gofundme pages that are current going on that haven't reached their goals for black lives that need help you know in one way or the other and hopefully you feel motivated after hearing us talk about them to go and check out their links. We'll share them down below for sure and go donate. So yes, I'm excited. Let's jump right through it, right guys? Let's do it. Let's do it. Yes. So how about we start with this first story? Am I the asshole for asking mm -hmm. about features of black people? Hmm. Let's dive in. So this night at dinner table, my family and I began to talk about Michael Jackson, specifically how many times they listened to Bad or describing the smooth criminal music video. I then remember a post in a Reddit video, it was a fake Jake face palm, I think, where it says that Jesus will save you from blackness and a picture of Michael Jackson kneeling in the light emanating from Jay-Z. We then talk about MJ's transition into looking white. My mom made a joke about the true way his nose changed. I then remember something I heard a long time ago about how black people have weirder noses. Then I asked, how do black people have larger noses? Then my older brother comes downstairs. He talks a bit to us. And after my mom left with my little siblings, he asks me, by the way, why did you ask? I was initially confused because I hadn't asked anything for a while. Then I remember I and relayed the question. He then says, that's racist. I ask why he says some people dislike larger noses and by saying that I am saying I think all black people are unattractive. My dad then takes me 10 minutes to defend me. Now I'm not a 
people person. I'm an introvert with a way deficiency and my only redeeming quality really is my intelligence, which isn't even that impressive compared to my peers. I was a last round pick in a science review game despite having an 87. My only forms of social media are Twitter, but not even a personal account. Reddit, shocker, I know. And YouTube, if that even counts. As such, I have little to no understanding of the depths of modern society, and my aforementioned brother is embarrassed of me because of that. So I don't have any sort of feeling in, in what is racist. The closest things I know are, one, don't associate a group of people with a bad thing, and two, don't say the N-word. Am I the asshole for associating black people with large noses? Am I the asshole for not being vigilant about what I say? Well, that's the whole reason for this subreddit and I can't answer this question. All right, that sounds really interesting. Before we unpack that, why don't we read the second story that comes right after it, which also kind of touches a similar topic. Can you go ahead and read it, Bianca? Sure. This story goes by the title, Am I the asshole for not finding black girls attractive? I was talking to one of my female friends the other day, and we're both 21. She was telling me what she likes in guys, and I was saying stuff I prefer in girls. And we were just having a drink and talking. I let her slip out that I don't find black women attractive, and I wouldn't date one. She got super mad at this, even though she was white and said I'm racist, even though I'm a person of color and said, I'm a racist asshole bigot. I don't think all black women are ugly or anything that will be racist. I just don't find them attractive and wouldn't date them. I doubt they're missing much <laughs> with me anyway. I mean, there's some problematic things that were said. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the, the, first, the first thing that I find, like one of the first commonalities that I find in these two stories is the generalization of features. So... We, we got the first stories generalizing that yes. uh, all, if not, like most, if not all black people have big noses. And then the, the second one, the person is basically saying, I don't find black women attractive, right? Kind of implying that all black girls look the same. So if you're not implying that, then mm -hmm. what is it? Because there has to be something common about black women that you as a whole don't find attractive. And the only thing mm -hmm. that I can really draw out is the color of the skin, which also has its own complexities and tones and shades to it. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's like kind of like the most common because now like it's mm -hmm. not true that all black people, it's not true that all black women have big noses. It's not true that they have the same features, you know, so I'm a little confused, but at the same time, that is true. at the same time, it's not a rare case. It's not a rare situation of this one person saying that. It's very much common. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that, mm -hmm. you know, this points to something that, you know, I was reading through a couple of the comments and they were talking about how, like, you know, this person was making that generalizing about, you know, Black women, right? Um, and as you, as you said, like, you know, Black women are a diverse group of people, right? Like, no two are the same even if they share the same skin tone, even if they share similar facial features, hair texture, whatever you call it, like they're not the same. And so inherently in saying, I mean, I've had this debate with a lot of people about, and even my own mother, we've talked about this, um, not specifically about black people, but just other races and having racial preferences and dating. And 
you know, those things tend to be informed by ignorance and generalization, right? By very racist ideas that we carry about certain groups, mm-hmm. right? This person could be saying, oh, I don't date black women because mm-hmm. they're like difficult, right? And then he's inherently saying that all black women are difficult or all black women have like a similar personality, which is just not true. So in this situation, I definitely feel this person was the asshole, right? And I think using that defense of, oh, I'm a POC, so I can't be racist. It's a very common one. You know, internalize, like anybody, mm-hmm. even black people themselves can internalize like anti-blackness, right? And can internalize racist ideologies. And so that argument kind of falls apart. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, as, as a Dominican growing up in Dominican Republic, uh, around the Dominican culture, there is a big, 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 big chunk of Dominicans who are also black and within the community there is a lot of Mm -hmm. self-hatred right and that makes people say hateful things about other people and excuses okay I'm not racist because I'm shading on my own race or I'm shading Mm -hmm. on an adjacent race but okay it's not racist but that is still Mm -hmm. discriminatory it's still Mm -hmm. generalization and that all still makes it problematic and I feel that as a community especially people who are mixed we should dig deeper into why we're comfortable making this type of comments why we hide Mm -hmm. under the excuse that well you know I get a pass because I'm part of this community it's a similar thing within the LGBTQ community but specifically the gay community that you know i there is many gay people who are super super discriminatory against other gay people because of personality because of the way mm-hmm. people look dress uh behave and just because they're gay they feel that that they are, have the, the license to say certain things when in reality all of that is still adding up to the trauma, is still adding up to the pain. Because at the end of the day, whether mm-hmm. you are black, white, or any other ethnicity, the word that is being spewed out is still hurtful, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why we should avoid generalization because you, you wouldn't want to be grouped together with a bunch of people mm-hmm. just because of your the, the mm-hmm. color of your skin or because of your exactization. Exactly. And none of that, right? And if you agree with that, you shouldn't go yeah. about it, about generalizing other groups of people, even if they're part of your own community. Right, right. And and I think that, like, I think that's a great point. And, and I think that, you know, as a person of color, in my mind, right, like that, that would ideally make you more sensitive to those issues as opposed to less sensitive, right? Or as opposed to kind of, you know, feeling that you have the license to discriminate a cer- against a certain group or another group, even though, you know, your community might face similar kinds of discrimination, right? Like this, you know, we are all Latinx, right? Of some kind or another. And, you know, people make assumptions about the Latinx community as a whole, right? And and we are inherently diverse, right? We come from a whole continent of, you know, different countries with different, you know, religions and races and all these things. And people make assumptions about oh, people are like, oh, they're all just Mexicans or mm-hmm. they're all just like Puerto Ricans or, or whatever. In an ideal world, that would make us more sensitive to discrimination against other groups. But, you know, the sad reality is that we also internalize racist ideologies, right? And, and that comes from our, and I think for us, you know, it's a little complicated because, you know, as Tomas, you know, you were talking about your experience growing up in DR. Over there, you still had similar anti-Black ideologies, right? You had racist ideologies. 
And, you know, you came here and now you find a different kind. And so, like I said, the, the unfortunate reality is that even in our own cultures, we're informed by just really discriminatory practices and, and beliefs. I feel like we've talked a lot about the mm-hmm. um, the not finding Black girls attractive. We haven't really addressed the first one all that much. Well, I had a, mm-hmm. an idea of what the first one could come from because mm-hmm. that's a little bit ignorant of associating a mm-hmm. specific type mm-hmm. of feature to a specific race, white or large, big nose associated with Black people. That's a little bit of a... I could say myth, maybe, because if we look into European trade, let's say Irish or even Spaniard mm-hmm. people, they have large, big noses. <laughs> so people cannot just associate features with just a specific type of race. Although if we talk about hair, which is another topic, if we talk about hair in terms of black culture, like braids and stuff like that, that's a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, different because it has history behind it, which I hope we can discuss more in the next episode about black history. But that's something I myself was trying to get informed on on the history of the hair on black culture and it's a big thing it's not just hair it's history behind it like i said i don't want to get too much into details about it but in terms of feature in the face i just feel that was just an ignorant comment to me I don't feel like she may necessarily be an asshole in this situation. There is definitely a healthy way to explore common features within a certain type of community to enrich your knowledge, looking up at the history of it, the cultural implications Mm -hmm. of it. You know, like Mm -hmm. very well mentioned here, which has a lot of history and and cultural implications on it, uh, without having to put a tag on it from a place of simplification because it's anything but yes and that goes for anything really i could see where the conversation could take a turn in terms of talking about it with a black person because in history black people have been associated looking as quote-unquote mm. monkeys people that inflict terror and horror on other people it goes up more than that mm. like their features people will be scared of a black person back in the day and that's where i feel the conversation will take a turn but in terms of her trying to decide whether yes no maybe that's a perspective mm-hmm. that she needs yeah just keep in mind guys that putting each other down is a strategy put on by the people in power for minority communities to stay under for us to do their work basically because mm-hmm. if we just keep putting each other down as we very much have done so throughout mm-hmm. history and still do to this day mm-hmm. that just delays the process of progression mm-hmm. yeah. in our, our, our own community so mm-hmm. we should definitely definitely be aware of that that this is very much part of the program this is very much part right of the system that is has been corrupt, mm-hmm. corrupting yeah. uh, our own communities. So in expressing love to your brother, to your sister, you are working towards the progression of the entire community. So let's be a little more kind. Let's be a little more mindful mm-hmm. in the way we express, in the way we generalize, in the way we explore. And it will be definitely better for everybody. Let's Can I say one thing about, uh, one quick thing about the... <laughs> 
the last, the first post. Yeah. I, I feel a little bit yes. differently about it than y'all do because I do think that, well, I mean, I agree mm-hmm. in the sense that I do feel the question was ignorant, but I think one thing we didn't talk about was the response of the brother. Basically, so I'm looking at the story now. Oh, and yes. basically what happened was the person asked, how do black people have larger noses? They're saying, you know, they spend a lot of time on the internet. They don't really have much exposure to black people, right? It's an ignorant question, but I think an innocent one. Right. Like, I don't think. But Mm -hmm. the brother, the brother goes, that's racist. And then when he asked why, he explained that by by asking that question, it's implying that he's saying that all black people are unattractive, which to me felt like a jump. Right. Because I think there's a way to say. and, And I think that that's an important distinction. Right. Because in the post about finding black women unattractive, you're dismissing an entire group based on features, whether that's like uh, a personal feature, an emotional feature, like a, a character flaw or some kind of you know physical feature that you're perceiving, mm-hmm. right? And you're generalizing about. But with this one, it's, oh, I'm making the assumption that all black people have big noses, which I mean, if you, li- if you like listen to pop culture, you know, you don't really see and you mm-hmm. don't hear a lot of people talking about the diversity of, you know, black features and of, of black people in general, physically. And so, a question like this can be, I think, can be addressed and somebody can be educated from this place, right? Because I don't think they're actively being racist, right? They just have a gap in their knowledge because they live in, in a world, in, in their lives, they don't, they're not exposed exactly. to this kind of like education. And while I think, I don't feel that that mm-hmm. education should be placed on Black people, it should be the responsibility of Black people. I think there's a place for educating those people, whether that's other white people doing it or, you know, the, I think there's a way to address those questions and, and kind of give people grace when they do ask ignorant questions to be like, okay, maybe you just need to, let me like, some, mm-hmm. let me send you a link so you can, you know, educate yourself about why that might've been a little problematic. Just yeah, but you know, you know, now that you did a little bit of a recap of the yeah. story, also, I found a little bit interesting the way the brother responded. He's implying that larger nose are unattractive. That in itself, you know, I feel that there is a little bit of a, exactly. there is a little bit of an issue there that can definitely go unnoticed because that's not the focus of the conversation itself. That's not the focus of the story. But mm-hmm. even that response, and watch out, brother, watch out. You are like normalizing the Europeans' uh, standards of beauty right there. We're kind of normalizing, oh yeah, big noses okay yeah don't assume that all black people got big noise with noses but in the same breath yeah but big noses are ugly it's funny because Mm -hmm. that's more common than we think that when we are correcting people inadvertently we are also normalizing other types of problems so we Mm -hmm. definitely gotta watch out the key and the solution to it is educating ourselves don't rely on people who are part of the community as Salim well very well said to educate you if you do get that kind of education from somebody within the community feel yourself blessed and appreciate that right Okay, so now let's jump into reading one of the GoFundMe stories that we have selected for today. Uh, this first one is titled, Help a Black Lesbian Heal. Hi, my name is Audi, closeted black lesbian, and I'm at my wit's end. This is a life or death situation. I live in a toxic homophobic environment that I need to leave. I need to heal, but I have no money and I'm in student loan debt. For years, I've lived with this constant struggle finding my identity and sexuality. It's mental and emotional torture every day. I'm still closeted, forced to live my life in shame and darkness, just for a roof over my head. 
this is the biggest risk I've ever taken in my life, being that my homophobic Christian family can and will disown me once they see any of this. I've been getting verbally abused even more now, and I can't take it anymore. It's too toxic, too much at this point, so I'm reaching out for help. I started university, but I had to drop out because it's tearing me apart and my mental health is at an all-time low. I'm genuinely scared one day I'm going to snap and just end it. I can't afford the peace anymore and the piling stress was too much. I'm asking for 5000 to help me pay off half of my student loan debt before it doubles while I source the rest by actively seeking a job. The other 2000 will go towards moving out and away from the constant conflict. This GoFundMe is to help me getting on my feet and healing from the trauma and the cruelty I've been facing at home. I appreciate all the support given and every boost is a blessing. Thank you. Um, what a sad situation. Uh, one that is not rare at all. This is a situation that thousands and thousands of people live through I can resonate a lot with this girl in terms of the struggle of exploring your queerness while living under a very conservative roof and the danger that it may cause, you know? I was very mm -hmm. blessed that even though it's an ever-going struggle with my family in terms of acceptance, I don't feel like it, it will ever get to a point of disowning me. But that's just very real. That I'm very sad that a lot of people literally face that risk and literally have lived through that. You know, Adi is asking for 7,000 right now. Mm -hmm. She has 2,000. So any help, any kind of monetary donation will definitely go a long way. And if you don't have any, just share the link. I will mm -hmm. put it down below. That will definitely help her a lot. We mm -hmm. wish her the best and we hope this helps even a little. Yeah. Open your hearts and your wallets. Yes. <laughs> let's, let's go back to reading some of my asshole stories. All right, so the next story is, mm -hmm. am I the asshole? I need to know if I'm in the right or wrong in this argument so I can apologize if I'm wrong. Reddit, please help me. So my dad keeps shit talking about my brother's girlfriend behind my brother's back and saying really nasty, hateful things. It makes me so mad because she's actually really sweet. And my brother, who I love very much, was honestly kind of a wreck before he met her. He was depressed and lonely. It hurt me to see him like that. And I was so happy when he met her. So I can't stand when people say stuff like that about her because I know it would hurt my brother and her so much if he heard it. Here's where I think I might be the asshole. So my brother's girlfriend lives far away and has been staying at our house for a while. She is leaving soon and my dad has been saying increasingly horrible things about her. But today was my brother's birthday and I couldn't take it anymore. I yelled and snapped at my dad saying she was really nice and he was being really mean. It's really all I said, but he went crazy, threatened to take my phone, and then stormed out of the house. I don't think I said anything that bad. My mom is mad at me, said I should learn when to shut my mouth, and I feel like a jerk, so I just don't know. Thanks for reading. TLDR, told my dad he was being mean for shit talking about my brother's girlfriend, who was actually a really amazing person, and now my dad stormed out of the house, and my mom is mad at me. You know, before we jumped into, because we have this story paired together with another story, this story specifically does not explicitly say that the, the dad was making any kind of racist remark against the son's girlfriend, 
But we still felt that these type of stories are very common behind closed doors to feel comfortable being discriminatory against a, somebody and feeling like they can say anything. So we're definitely going to skew this story a little bit towards that. But we wanted to point that out before reading the, the next story so mm -hmm. you guys don't lose us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just um, so everybody knows... I should also say the person who wrote this is 14 years old. Their brother's 20 and the dad is 38. So just to get a sense of the oh. age difference. Yeah. All right. So yeah. the next story, am I the asshole for hiding the race of the person I'm dating from my family? Unfortunately, in my family, I knew that dating a black man would cause controversy. I don't let the white half of my family's racist and prejudice ways influence who I have relationships with. I do admit that it affects romantic relationships in the sense that I tend to hide them from the white folk in my family. It's easier than facing what they have to say. I know, I'm a coward. Anyways, I recently started seeing this totally wonderful, smart, funny, smooth, and absolutely delicious man. Wow, so many compliments. <laughs> oh my God, I wish somebody talked about me like that. Um, he's the kind of man that I've been looking for for so long. He's phenomenal. He's also black. I hid him from my stepdad and stepbrothers and only told my mom the night before we went on our first date. When she saw the photo of him, she said something to the effect of, your brothers and dad aren't going to like this. Date happens, fireworks, I am effectively wooed. Stepdad and stepbrothers knew I went on a date. They just didn't know who with. The morning after, I'm still glowing from all of the feels that I had on the date and they start asking me about him. I tell them about how he's so smooth and suave and has a Great sense of humor. Went to this prestigious university my stepbrother also wants to go to and is pursuing his doctorate. Was a total gentleman, etc. Stepdad asked to see the photo. So as I'm reluctantly pulling up a photo knowing it's going to get a reaction, the convo continues. Stepdad says, what's his color? Me. Does that matter? Stepdad, the photo better not come out as a negative. Parentheses, a.k.a. he better not be black. I show them the pictures and my stepdad immediately shouts, fuck, what the fuck? What the fuck are you doing dating a black guy? My stepbrothers don't believe me. They think I'm pulling a fast one on them. It takes them a minute to realize I'm serious and the mood totally changed. Of course, I react like getting upset that they're being racist, but they're insisting that I'm the asshole for springing it on them like that mm -hmm. and for hiding it from them. They think I'm doing this to antagonize them. They then drop the N-word several times. They ask me if I know what it means to date a black man and the hardships I'm setting myself up for. Stepdad also says I'm making a mistake because I would be bringing children into the world and setting them up for a tough life. I fought back and defended him, called out their racism, and tried to make them see how their views weren't right. It caused a huge rift for a few days while they settled with the news. Am I the asshole for hiding that I'm dating a black man from my racist family? Am I the asshole and disrespecting the man that I'm seeing for hiding this from my family? Am I the asshole for potentially bringing him into a family like this? I honestly feel like an asshole for hiding that he's black, that I did so selfishly to protect myself from the scrutiny. Be honest with me, please, so that I may learn from this and correct my own prejudices and bias. I'm so lost. Edit on mobile. Sorry for the formatting. I should have also mentioned <laughs> that we started dating a few months ago and this occurred a few months ago. They won't engage in conversation with me about him. My mom does, though. She's a fan of him. Y'all felt I had a good feeling about the mom. Mom was like, you know, I'm okay with it, but like, I don't know about your dad and your stepbrothers. They're a little. 
you know, there is another Amaya Asco story that we consider adding to to the pile, which says something along the lines of Amaya Asco for dating a racist. So I, I feel like that that Loki could be the mom. <laughs> Mm, yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, yeah, you know, like, very... <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. That could be the mom. Yeah, that could be the mom in a separate pose. You never know. Going back to these stories, at the very least, I am glad that this person has a relative that is supportive about the situation because many times over in these stories, you find that they really have no type of comfort and that's why they, they turn to Reddit like to get the, the support from strangers, which is, uh, you know, very encouraging that, uh, you know, you can just turn to the internet and find people who think uh, alike. Wow, what a story, man. What a fucking problematic story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, where do y'all want to start? You know, there's a lot. To unpack. Mm-hmm. I mean... I think what we should start is I feel for her, honestly. If I was in a family where I knew how my family is going to perceive this person and I exactly know how they're going to look at him and everything, I will feel like mm. I don't want to marry this person, but my family is so against it. And do I really have a life right now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Because at this point, her, the opinion of the family she's kind of weighing on that because mm-hmm. you know it's her family and and she would like to have some kind of support as the mass said before i will feel totally bad and i don't blame her for trying to hide it i totally get that um, i totally get that but um then there comes the topic of accountability right a lot of families today they mm-hmm. are whenever they they're in a public setting, they're with friends or whatever. It's a different story than whenever they're behind closed doors with just the relatives, right? How they react, how they say things and stuff like that. You saw, for example, in the second story, how comfortable they felt saying the M word. Mm-hmm. And that's an example of <laughs> probably thousands and thousands, if not millions of families mm-hmm. here in the U.S. alone, just behind closed doors, right? So it's a tough spot to be when you are the one family member that goes against the current and sees the wrong in the... Because this is probably like a generational thing at this point, you know, like the father of my father, the father of the father of my father, you know what I mean? So to be that one black sheep, let's say, it's tough. It's tough to be in that in that spot, you know? But at the same time, I do feel that if we just let these things slide, if we just accept them as they are, like for mm-hmm. example, the girl in the first story, she probably was the first person that stood up in the whole family. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did cause a ripple. It did cause friction, mm-hmm. right? That's like one of the first steps that needs to happen for change. You know, change is never a smooth thing. It's never going to go down easy. You know, you never know if that's, that little piece of friction starts working in the person's head. Because obviously, very few people can pull off miracle work. So it's a thing that, when, how do you break a problem that, a toxic cycle that has been very much generational, right? You cannot mm-hmm. just break one second conversation in a one moment. So I will say to people who find themselves in situations similar to the first story, situations similar to the second story, first of all, find patience for yourself. Patience is the first thing because mm-hmm. uh, that's a lot of work to deliver for one moment. Uh, it's probably almost never going to work like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But again, going back to what we were saying at first about trying to start being kind to, to our brothers and sisters, trying to be kind to the people who, who are next to us, even though it's very much normalized to just be, you know, like, because I'm part of this community, I'm just able to say whatever I want, no matter if it's a little bit prejudiced uh, against my own. 
Mm-hmm. This kind of extends to different races, you know, like white people shouldn't feel comfortable being prejudiced against black people, against Latinx. Mm-hmm. And that's something that changing that goes even further into the process of the betterment of the situations that minority groups find themselves in, right? Like that's that right there, that right there is the golden ticket, you know, because if we change mm-hmm. black people's mind into thinking kind of for, for each other, if we change Latinx mind thinking kind of each other, what's the next step okay now let's fight but if we you change white people's minds then it's a small transition right there bitch and i know that's the much more harder word because you're basically asking people who have had the, the privilege of power and saying whatever the fuck they want and putting people down without any kind of repercussions to give up give away their privilege but if you yourself have the conscience to, to know that, oh, wait, but this is wrong, then that should be enough fuel to at mm-hmm. least fight for a change. You know what I mean? Right, right. I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, I think that it's definitely, and I mean, to touch on a point that, you know, I made earlier with the other stories that we were talking about, like, it's also, you know, the responsibility of white people to educate their them you know their community and, and their family members and i i think particularly with family you know you know it, just when it comes to other issues you know beyond race like gender sexuality all this stuff you know i think it's partly our responsibility especially you know when you're in a position of privilege right like for example if you're a straight person like and you come from a homophobic family i think it's partly your responsibility to call them out for it when you know they say something that makes you uncomfortable and I think, you know, it's one thing if, like, there is physical harm involved, right? Like, if you if you speaking out will cause you some grave consequence, will put you in the hospital, or, you know, will deal some, like, you know, really serious emotional damage, right? That's one thing. But, I mean, I think, and I think that the person who wrote this post recognized that she felt like she was being an asshole because she hid the, him to protect herself from scrutiny, right? And scrutiny won't it won't kill her it won't it it didn't really like seem to damage Mm -hmm. like her mental health or you know her her being in any deep way um it did it cause a rift absolutely like the ma said you know it 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 made some waves like within her family right like it did it was upsetting clearly and she knew this and that change has to come by disrupting the old ways of being right like you know change isn't going to come if you just stay silent and you know just sort of like in, in a way, like, reinforce a certain shame about dating a Black person, right? Even if, you know, you not sharing, her not sharing that with her family wasn't coming from a place of shame, it's just reinforcing this idea that, you know, you should hide, that it's okay to hide the race of the person that you're with, that you shouldn't proudly say that, yes, like, it is okay for me to date whoever I want, regardless of their race. The color of their skin should not dictate anything about them, anything about their character, have those really important conversations with your family members about, you know, all right, her dad, why does color matter? Challenge him on that, right? Even if you don't, you can't change his mind, plant that seed of, look, your whole life, you've been around people who think that color matters Mm -hmm. and like they've been reinforcing that for you. I'm here to tell you that, no, that's not the way that it has to be. And I'm here to live differently than you, right? And and that's a very bold thing. And it's, and again, as y'all pointed out, it is a scary thing right? To be the black sheep, to be the one who goes against the current. But it's also very necessary work to heal from racism exactly. as a society, yeah. right? And, and that starts in small groups. It starts in little units, like with the family, like with friend groups, you know, mm-hmm. like support groups, whatever the case may be. Um, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's necessary work. And I, and I think 
you know, with this, hopefully she was able to kind of work through that. And it seems like she was, right? And and it, it's it, I do want to recognize that she was being self-reflective, that she was kind of questioning herself and being like, I might be the asshole, you know? Like, I might be the asshole. There's situation. layers. There's layers. Exactly, exactly. And I think this is one of those situations where, mm-hmm. to some extent, she was the asshole, mm-hmm. right? But I... I I don't think that that's a condemnation of who she is as a person. I think that's just recognizing that there was an instinct within her that was misinformed or that was that was internal, you know, in a way reinforcing racism in a way that she didn't want to. And I think this this process of questioning herself was important. And hey, leading by example mm-hmm. leads to scrutiny. Surprise, motherfucker. You're mm-hmm. used to experiencing a little drop of the type of scrutiny that minority groups have been facing for years and years and throughout mm-hmm. history. So mm-hmm. I, uh, that's just a necessary step. That it just comes with it. If you truly care, mm-hmm. the scrutiny that you will face should be a given at this point, you know, because that's yep. like the only way uh, we are going to achieve change for all. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's the way that you truly become an ally by being okay with the scrutiny that the type of scrutiny that you get. Don't, not to be too, too religious here, but I grew up in a Christian environment and I was always told that being a Christian comes with scrutiny. Preaching the word, preaching about God, we always come with resistance, but that's the first step to preaching people and making them hear you out. So congrats, you just achieved the first step if you're facing scrutiny, you know? There you go. <laughs> Basically, yes. Yeah. Yes. So the next go for me story goes for uh, an immigration fund for a hardworking mother. Uh, hello, Diana is a hardworking Caribbean mother of two who is first approaching the immigration process to become a naturalized citizen of the United States, which was halted at the end of the Obama era due to the Trump administration. However, due to many obstacles and difficulties of the anti-immigrants of the U.S. taking both an emotional and financial toll, she will be forced to return to Jamaica for two years as a part of the process. Sent to a country she was born in, but has become a foreign land after not setting foot there for almost 20 years. With growing anxiety on how she will be able to afford to pay for all the legal fees, along with living expenses while living in Jamaica, this fund has been created to help her along the way to make such a traumatic experience go as smoothly as it possibly can. Please feel free to help Diana. Every Every dollar counts and we'll really appreciate your kindness and support. Thank you. Uh, her goal is $10,000, and so far she has raised $2,486. So please support, you know, we're trying to do all this kindness and promote mm-hmm. all these people that need our yeah. help. These GoFundMes, something that this does is showcase that, you know, Black people go through a range of different issues, right? Like the, the Black experience is very diverse, right? And here you have the Black immigrant mother who's going through a difficult time who's struggling with immigration mm-hmm. and you know I, I think it's important to to note that oftentimes the face of immigration in this country isn't black right but that doesn't mean that there aren't many black immigrants who who struggle with the immigration system yes. um and and who catch the brunt of xenophobia in this country so i don't mm-hmm. know absolutely so. 
All right, so let's jump into the last story of today. Am I the asshole for pointing out that my roommate only draws slash paints black people? My roommate won a finalist position for an art competition. She has come to complete a portfolio of work to turn in. I didn't know my roommate before we moved in together, but we get along very well and have lived together for around eight months. Since we are at home together a lot at the moment, she has been asking me a lot about her projects. I didn't know much about art, but she asks me just generally how things look slash make me feel. This afternoon, she showed me a portrait that she is working on. While I thought it was a nice picture, it struck me that my roommate only has paintings and drawings of black people. I even scrolled through her Instagram to check and be sure my assumptions was correct. I asked my roommate what was up with that. Just like, why do you only draw black people? She seemed to not understand why I was asking her, but my roommate is all about diversity. So I asked her why she only had one race represented in her artwork. She got annoyed with me when I asked and started getting really defensive. She claims to not have seen many black people in art when she was growing up. So she likes to represent blackness, etc. I didn't buy it, even though I'm white. I have seen a ton of black people represented in artwork and as artists. We ended up getting into a little argument where she accused me of trying to dictate who she can and can't paint. I did not mean it to come off this way, but was generally curious as to why her artwork wasn't more diverse. She is entering a national competition and there are more than just black people in the U.S. She and I have also been going back and forth on social media since she went there to vent her frustrations with me. She's making me look like an ass and not letting me explain, even though I feel as if I have a legitimate point. I want to turn to internet strangers and know if they think this actually makes me an mm. asshole knowing my thought processes. And uh, just as, as I know, the community determined that he is the asshole. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow, there is a lot to unpack here, but yeah, yeah. Who wants to? Who wants to start? Mm. I, I could start. Mm-hmm. I don't mind. Um, so I mean, the the one thing that stood out to me was the part where the roommate said that they didn't buy that the person that their roommate, who was like the painter, didn't see black people in represented in art growing up and and just because they themselves saw black people represented in artwork and as artists that that somehow invalidated her roommate's experience and so that to me just showed a little bit of just for one just like you know let's talk about an inability to step out of outside of your own experience and be like whoa like this girl had an an, childhood or an upbringing where that mm-hmm. was devoid of representation for herself, right? She didn't see herself in art. And so what is it like to grow up that way, right? And, and not all communities are the same. Not all households are the same. If you step out of your experience for half a second, you'll know that this is possible, right? You Just because you personally did see that representation, good for you, great. But not everybody gets that. Taking along to that, I also, I feel that there is a logical fallacy here because he was complaining about her not 
hearing him out on his side of the argument, but he started off by saying he didn't buy her side of the argument. So mm -hmm. he's basically complaining about the same thing he is doing to her, which is very interesting to me. The fact that he's oblivious to that it says a lot about imposed perspective. And that's something that in general, adding to, again, what you just said, Salim, about something that is very much common that People love to prioritize their own perspective, their own stories, and make mm. them the base for any type of conversation and arguments to go be, to go from that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes you, you just got to let our price aside and understand that there are different stories out there mm -hmm. and that they don't all have the same tone. They don't all have the same filter the same background and the same context. There's a concept that I thought of when I read this, which is, um, which I learned about last year, uh, cultural humility. And so it's basically a response to this idea of like cultural competence. Um, and and there's another word too, that is sort of like, it's an alternative to these things. And, and basically cultural humility, I just looked it up. I'm going to read the Wikipedia definition of it. So cultural humility is the ability to maintain an interpersonal stance that is other oriented or open to the other in relation to aspects of cultural identity that are most important to the person. Cultural humility is different from other culturally based training ideals because it focuses on self-humility rather than achieving a state of knowledge or awareness. And so the reason I like cultural humility is because instead of mm -hmm. cultural competency, right, typically assumes that you will reach a point where you are culturally competent, right? Well, you'll know and understand other cultures versus with culture humility it's you know in the name itself it's like all right you're taking a step back and admitting to yourself that you might not know everything there is to know about another person's cultural experience and and you know i just think that that's very relevant to this post so i just wanted to toss that in there yeah in terms of the topic of diversity i do think that there is plenty of diversity within the black people as we said before i like that we can correlate each of the stories to story the stories that we've read before because we said before there is not two of the same two black people that are the same uh, no matter if they have similar features so by honing in into just like the black community there is plenty of diversity to draw from there and there is plenty of richness to draw from there. Not only that, but we're talking about a minority group that needs an extra platform in order to have the same type of representation that other privileged communities get from the get-go. So the more the merrier, I feel like. The more our work there is focused on these minorities, the more, yeah. the closer we can be to equal grounds, you know? Mm -hmm. I agree about the comment about diversity. I think mm -hmm. that she's choosing to represent something that she feels is underrepresented. And so inherently, whether, you know, whether she's drawing all, all black people or black people and other people of color or people of every color and race and nationality and creed, like that's adding diversity regardless, because you're increasing the representation of people who are like historically and culturally underrepresented, yeah. you know, like black people are not adequately represented. They're not you know, seen in part, and mm -hmm. they're not, you know, I feel like oftentimes, you know, the black experience is, is seen, even when it's represented in the canon, in like popular culture, it's very like one dimensional. And, and I think that's changing, you know, nowadays, but I think that's still very much true across the board and has been throughout history. And so I, I think it's admirable that this girl is choosing to portray black people and to throw her weight behind and her talent behind this movement. You know, I don't think representation is everything, but I think in art, 
it means a lot. And there's power in that, in the image. And I think the roommate failed to recognize that, right? Or didn't see that. And this is one of those situations where, you know, the roommate was like, yeah, I'm going to take to Twitter to complain. And I'm, and, you know, it's not my responsibility to educate you. So, you know, hopefully Reddit was the place where this person was educated a little bit about why the perspective was a little problematic. There is underrepresentation under the underrepresented. And that goes yeah. for anything. Uh, I might know a lot about Dominican yeah. culture, but what do I know about Latinx culture in general? There is so many nuances. There is so many corners mm -hmm. that I'm not even aware of. So even us as being part of a community, there is a lot of underrepresentation that even goes under a radar. So, mm -hmm. you know, the more exploration there is, the more we realize there is so much more. Yeah, and also it goes to show, it goes back to being ignorant. You don't know if this girl is trying to, you know, bring more about Black culture in a way that people have never seen before. Or, you know, try to make people appreciate it more because some people, I could see maybe at some point try to perceive mm -hmm. this as why is she painting only black people? Are you targeting a specific group? I could see why the questions around it, yeah. but at the same time, mm -hmm. it's just like, it's why like all people it? in order to be diverse? Um, first of all, virtually impossible, exactly. Exact, first of, first of all. But and like second of all, like mm -hmm. you know, you just I think I think this this question could have led to a productive conversation. I think it could have. Yes, it could have. If she would have rephrased it in a in a better way, she would have said it differently yeah. tried to be more like you said, cultural yeah. humility. That's what you yeah, that's what you said. Be more cultural, humble to towards right. the topic of right. like, oh. you know, if you just take the question at face value, it's not necessarily a bad question. I, mm -hmm. I think just with maybe the, the tone. Yeah, maybe the tone. And, and and I think, you know, also that, oh, like your thing is not diverse because you only draw black people, like that assumption. It said that her roommate responded with defensiveness. And I understand. I empathize with that defensiveness. I would get defensive too. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I'm sure she's been questioned about that before, right? I'm sure like there, you know, she, she might feel mm -hmm. like she has to defend herself or defend that choice because other people are not on board with it. Um, other people like don't resent that she's on, she's not including them in her art. But I think that's just like the roommate mm -hmm. having, or the po the one who posted it, having to shift their you know definition of what diversity means and, and how that can look. Um, because I think, you know, the way that they said it seemed dismissive. All right. Uh, wow, guys, I gotta say, I loved the way this conversation went today. It was very much go with the flow. We have the pointers, but everything else was super, super improvised. And I feel that we came to fruitful discussions. And thank you guys for being part of that, for sure, each one of you. I think that there is a never-ending flow of stories that need to be heard, that need to be told, that go under the radar, whether it is moral dilemmas, whether it is a people who need help out there. So, you know, we feel really grateful that we have this type of platform to elevate this type of conversations, these types of stories, mm. to showcase this type of people, you know what I mean? And I do hope that we continue doing that. This Black History Month, there is a lot to celebrate, but there is this is not the only time where this type of conversation should be had. So we definitely want to continue this beyond, integrated. We don't have, like, you know, Latinx story, 
black stories and the issues that come with it it doesn't have to be encapsulated into its own main conversation as we have done in the past this there's it's always sprinkled throughout other topics because it's all impermeated you know and yeah i do hope that we keep and continue achieving that and growing from this you know i feel that it's a constantly ever-evolving process where we are all learning throughout little by little and i want to thank everybody who listens everybody who makes suggestions everybody who has any kind of feedback keep them coming we appreciate that so because of time we couldn't really get to all of the gofundmes that we wanted to share so um the hosts of this podcast are gonna you know include a link to a tweet that has all of the stories that we've shared as well as some more that we didn't get to tonight um so you know check that out and you know open again open your hearts and your wallets if you can and you know show some love yeah yes next week since it's our last week for black history month we're going to dedicate our last episode for february on black history so let us know what you want us to discuss what our focus should be on we're definitely going to be talking about racism cultural appropriation and some more history and if we get more than one suggestions that will we'll make more than one episode you know there is definitely time for that we don't have to cram it all together into one place absolutely any shout outs you know i'm just going to shout out uh the bobo and flex podcast yes. because that's where i got the idea of the uh, am i the asshole that's why i even knew about the reddit so yeah if you guys, shout them out if you guys didn't know uh including this type of uh, episodes was Salim's idea and we are very grateful for yeah uh, that and there is another little idea that Salim brought to my attention that we are going to explore in another episode we'll talk about it in its due time for sure well in the meantime thank you everybody for listening stay tuned for next thursday at sunset bye bye, bye. bye.